Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Jedha's Digest Podcast. I'm your host, Jedha Barbu. Uh, so today we are having a conversation with Britt. Um, you guys know who I am. I'm a uh, gut health practitioner, certified nutritionist, specializing in chronic illness. Britt, tell us who you are and we're going to get into this and what body mechanics, how that affects chronic illness. What is body mechanics? How can we help our body? Tell us all the things. Awesome. Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm a chronic pain recovery coach and a movement therapist. So I help people learn about their bodies and learn what they can do to reduce and eliminate their chronic pain. And in order to do that, it's a lot simpler than we think. I think sometimes we like to look for kind of like a super califragilistic um, answer to our our issues, right? And there's so many simple tools that you can use to help reduce and eradicate your pain. Um, So one of them is tuning into your, your body's mechanics, so how your body is designed to move. And I really wish that our bodies came with like a manual when we were kids of like, this is how your arm is supposed to move. And this is how your leg is supposed to move. Um, and, and these things, we don't really understand that over time we build compensation patterns. So compensation pattern is basically anytime your body moves in a way that it's not designed to move. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of just like a a less efficient way of moving your body. And over time, when we continue to move less efficiently, then we end up in pain and tension. It's kind of like one area of the body gets really tired because it's doing all the work. And the other part of the body, it kind of goes offline. It kind of falls asleep. So when we can retrain the patterns of our body, we end up working more efficiently And this actually, in turn, gives us more energy. Okay, this makes sense. Uh, So I'm a national ranking gymnast, and I qualified for Worlds and did gymnastics. And, you know, it it was rough, you know, from from about six years old until I was 16, um, a little after that. All I did was gymnastics. I mean, I tried other sports, but gymnastics was was, uh, what I tell everybody. That was my first love, right? I mean, I like five-hour practices every single day. Um, and that was really rough, right? Like as a child, um, and a young child, that was really rough on the body. And they say like, you know, gymnastics stunts your growth and, you know, all the movements that we do are really difficult. Well, I don't know if you knew Britt, but I had water in my knees, um, at like 14, at like 14, I started to have water in my knees and that was from so much falling and so much like, uh, just pounding of, you know, we were doing, also, you know, you've seen gymnastics, right? You do crazy flips in the air and then and then you land on both feet, right? Like we're literally defying gravity, right? Um, and I had the worst pains in my knees, my back, um, in just every everywhere, especially my ankles as well. Um, and with that being said, do you think gymnastics is is one of those things where like we're moving and doing things with our body that we probably shouldn't be? I think Yeah, I I don't think that any movement is bad. I think that we need to build a really solid foundation. And I think, unfortunately, that gets missed. And my background is a dancer. I don't know if you knew that. 
So I totally relate to pushing yourself past your limits and, yeah. and just doing these crazy things. Right. And, and we're so capable of doing that when we're children and it, it starts to um, kind of build. And it's like, we have, we haven't built a solid foundation for the things that we want to do and that we need to do. And so, so we end up with cracks in our foundation and then okay. we're adding layers and layers and layers onto that of complexity of difficulty with these backflips and, and we're doing repetitive movements. So yes. if our foundation can't support us, if it's got cracks in it, eventually, right, there's going to be a breakdown. There's going to be pain. Okay. There's going to be. totally, Yeah. So what, what are those foundations? Yeah. So this is the, the biomechanics, the, how your body is supposed to move. So for example, like your leg bone can move in six different directions. And you've probably heard these terms. If you've been in the movement world at all, like it can flex, it can extend, it can rotate internally and externally. It can ab and adduct. So those just mean it can move in and out of the midline. The thing is most of our bodies don't just do that. Like if you go to rotate your leg bone, a lot of people will overuse their knee or their foot to try to get that rotation to happen. So it's a less efficient way to move, make the movement happen. And we don't actually know what it feels like or what it looks like to rotate your leg bone in your hip socket. So if I continue to rotate from my knee then my knee is going to get, is kind of doing the job of the leg bone. And it's really interesting. It's really cool to start to get your leg bone to do what it's supposed to do, because then all the muscles around that area will also do what they're supposed to do. So it builds a stronger foundation and it's more stable. Okay. So like going up the stairs and having your knee hurt at like 16 years old is not okay. (laughs) No. Okay. No. <laughs> it's fine now. Um, my right knee is still, it still gives me problems from time to time. Um, I just jumped back into like my athleticism and kind of really celebrating the fact that I'm, you know, I'm 31 years old and I, you know, I beat all these odds from having a 50% liver function. Right. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I love to move. I love to do these kind of things. And 2023 was just the year that I feel like it just like slapped me outside my head and was like, yeah, like all the things that like you really love. Yeah, we're just going to put that to the side. And I don't want to do that ever again in my life. But it's also that the slow movement. So can you give us some some real uh, tangible maybe movements for maybe leg pain, hip pain, back pain? Uh, those are more the the common ones uh, for like body for body because here's the thing okay the reason why we're talking about this like we are I think five minutes in seven minutes into this episode the reason why we're talking about this and I think I think a lot of people have a hard time um realizing that their chronic illness can lead to chronic pain or vice versa their chronic pain can lead to chronic illness movement is so important and walking is the most underrated movement that we are as humans can can do it's free we can do it anywhere we can do it outside we can do it inside we can do it on a treadmill we can do it right like in our kitchen we can right like we are walking and that is so so important if we are not supporting 
that blood flow, that lymphatic system, which movement does. If we're not supporting that, then we can end up with severe symptoms. And when I say severe, like we're talking like type 2 diabetes, PCOS, we're talking about a lot of the things that a lot of people are not connecting right now. We live in the world where like, well, no, I got PCS from like disrupted hormones and, you know, this, that, but that's not root cause. The the hormone the uh, fluctuations and the hormonal dysfunctions and the thyroid dysfunctions and, you know, all these things that we are hearing in the big media, that's not coming f- like from out of the blue, like out of thin air and like, oh, like, let me catch that. That's what it is, right? We need to understand root cause and we really need to look back to the basics, which that's what we've been talking about on this podcast for, I think, like this past whole month, actually, is just basics. And uh, I, I, we would like to know, like, Britt, Brit, please bless us with your knowledge. Tell us some, some key movements that we can do. Yeah, I love that you are going back to the basics because this is so fundamental to what I do and what I teach. It's like we need to go back to the basics of how our body moves. We often want to do um, like the big, we want to fly before we can even walk or stand, right? Yeah. Um, So the the big, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, yeah, because that's the, we are excited. We're excited that we can do this. We're excited, right? And we're just like, oh, yeah, let's gun hole. Let's go zero to 100. And that's just, we are burning ourselves out. We are hurting our bodies. Yes, yes. Please bless us. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, that's okay. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. That zero to 100. And, and then we burn out and we crash and we have, you know, pain flares up. And, and if instead we can build from the basics, build that solid foundation, then we can continue to grow and build upon that. And then we're really building sustainable strength and sustainable, a sustainable life, I I guess. Yep. Yep. So So yeah. Yeah. It's really tricky um, to kind of speak to each person because each person is going to be so unique and so individual. So if someone had chronic uh, knee pain, they might actually need something completely different than the next person who has chronic knee pain. I typically have never seen anyone unwind their pain patterns in the same way, even if the symptoms are expressing in the same way, which is really, really interesting. Um, But in terms of like a tangible thing that you can start to do, start to tune into how your body feels before you do any kind of movement. So this is something I teach and it's just, we like, we'll often use our movement practice almost as like a way to escape and we can get really up into our heads and not pay attention to what's going on in our body. And this is something I did so much as a dancer. I would really push myself yeah, I'm sure that as a gymnast, you, ha- you you did that as well. And it's so interesting because you think that gymnasts and dancers have a lot of body awareness and, and they do for sure in a sense, but it's almost like, it's like their brain is like controlling their body. And yeah. I actually want people to sh- Yeah, I feel like I had more air awareness and spatial awareness than I actually had body awareness. And this is another thing, another, another reason why, why I wanted you on the podcast is because a lot of people think like, oh, Jada, like, like you, you've helped yourself and you've helped your family members and your son and, you know, whatever. Right. But I came from this background where like, <laughs> number one, I, I grew up in a very foreign household where foreign parents are like 
depression what is that that's go outside go outside go get a job go do something right like like depression doesn't exist uh pain at a young age doesn't exist physical pain in the body or whatever that doesn't exist and then uh i did gymnastics for such a long time pretty much my whole entire childhood was just in the gym and uh that whole entire sport is like oh just ice it just ice your knee and uh you know come back in like a half hour right and like you're just working through the pain and so many times not just as an athlete but but I'm talking about my background is that as an athlete I was taught how to ignore my body and how to ignore my body signals I truly think that was one of the reasons why it took me seven years to actually be consistent in my gut health journey to help my chronic illness because it was very, it was like I was living these two sides of the same life. I don't want to say I was living two different lives, but it was like, oh, this side, I'm like calm and listening to my body and soft and right. And then the other side was like, I need to go hard and I'm like a total badass and like I'm going to punch a, you know, a, 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 a boxing, uh boxing bag or whatever. Right. Like it was two different things, but I, I really learned how to coexist, but that takes time. Right. Especially if you're doing it on your own. Right. It takes time. So what you said there is super important. And, and again, it comes back to chronic illness. If we're not in tune with our body, our body is going to end up giving us, hey, like, you need to stop. You know, if we don't stop, our body will, right? So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, absolutely. And what's really fascinating is that the more that we can actually tune into our bodies, the sooner we can intervene. So often we ignore our bodies until they're screaming at us, until the pain is so bad that we absolutely have to do something about it, or until the migraine is so bad that we have no other choice but to rest. So if we can actually tune in earlier, there's subtle signals that your body will give you that can help you, um, intervene, I suppose. So for example, my background, I have chronic, I had chronic pain in my neck and my shoulders. And as I was unraveling my pain pattern in my own journey, I was able to notice that I got knee pain before I got shoulder pain. And so the knee pain was kind of like a warning from my body that like you need to do something, kind of like a little knock at the door. And if I would ignore that knock at the door, it would start banging. And that's when I would get the tension in my neck and my shoulders. So, but in order to get to that place of even noticing the knee pain, I had to be really, really in tune with my body. And that can be a tricky thing to do. And so that's why I think it's so important to use some portion of our movement practice to tune in because like I was saying it's so easy to just get up in our heads you know we want to we want to exercise we want to get it done we want to check it off the list but if you can just use a few minutes of your movement practice even to really just be a hundred percent focused on how your body is feeling you can gain so much um, information and and really that information is power to help you choose to make choices um, and to intervene before your body is really screaming at you or really banging at your door. So what would you do then? Like when, when you started noticing, because you meant, you mentioned something um, a little bit ago, you said pain patterns. Is this a pain pattern that you, that you noticed about your body? Explain that a little bit. Yeah. So 
For me, the, 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 the pain that I had was in my neck and my shoulders. And I just thought it was always like going to be part of me. Like I just, I accepted that that was me and that came with being me. I didn't realize that it was there for a reason. And it was there because my body was trying to communicate with me. And so when I say pain patterns, I guess I'm just talking about like the communication that's going on from the body and the brain. And, and I think everyone kind of winds up a different way and unwinds a different way. So my pain in my neck and my shoulders is really a communication to me that I I need to slow down or I need something, right? And you can get more clarity around what that is. Does does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um so kind of similar to my pain in my knee, um it really came with like um just a whole body ache after that. After that, I was not in the point of my life where I was that uh, um, conscious about my pain at the time. Uh, but now, as an example, um, because it still like comes and goes, but it's nowhere. My baseline of that knee pain is nowhere, is nowhere near where it was. Uh, but it still comes and goes because I'm still running. I'm still doing the things. Could that affect uh, the reason? I mean, well, not not affect, but. Could that be the reason why till this day I'm still having right knee pain? Yeah, yeah. So I would get really curious around like when your knee pain is uh, worse and when it's when it's feeling better and see if you can kind of see if there's a pattern that exists. So is the knee pain much worse after your run or is it much worse when you're really stressed out or is it, and you can start to gather a whole bunch of information around the knee pain so that you can gain clarity on what is contributing because we're, um, we're complex humans. It's not just our physical body that impacts how we feel, right? It's our environment. It's our emotions. It's our thought patterns. It's our, are everything that's around us. Um, so you can really start to gather all of that information. And eventually you can start to see a more clear picture of what is contributing to the knee pain. Um, and then. Yeah. 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 I was, I'm literally like thinking now because you gave me such great insight now. So this pain, the, the last time that I felt this pain was I was shoveling snow last week. That was the last time I felt it. Before that uh, was maybe, uh, we're in January, the end of January, uh, like a, the end of November. And that's when I kind of was, I, I put in a little bit more seriousness into going into, coming back, I should say, it, into my athleticism. And uh, I was running. So both times, to answer your question, because we're going to do this in live, okay? To answer your question, uh now that I'm thinking about it, because you gave me these questions to think about, and I absolutely love that. Um, both times, the knee pain was very prevalent while I was doing something. It was never before. And after, it was almost instant if I stopped. So if you stopped, the pain would go away? Yes. Okay. So it's during the activity. During the activity, yeah. And there are two different activities. One was running on the treadmill and the other one was um, uh, shoveling snow. Okay. Yeah, brilliant. So to me, then that makes me think it's more of like uh, you need a little bit more stability through your system. Um, 
And so that would be in a bunch of, so if you're running and you're shoveling snow, um, there's rotation happening up through your torso. Yes. Um, so you're, so you're doing a twisting motion. So my brain, that would be the first place that I would go. I'd want to kind of see what's going on in and around your rib cage. And we hold a lot of tension up in and around our rib cage. So a, a really, really simple, tangible thing that you could take away from this would be just to practice um, noticing your rib cage, noticing how it feels, and really um, focusing your breath up into your rib cage. And you can think about breathing into the front of your chest. I'm doing the it right s- now. You guys, you, I know you, the listeners cannot see it, but I'm literally doing it right now. <laughs> I love it. So the front of the chest, you want to feel movement and it can be really helpful to put your hands on your body. And then you want to feel the breath into the sides of your rib cage. And then you also want to feel into the back of your rib cage. And we often forget that we have kind of a back body. This and is you can take really, a- it's really actually difficult. I feel it more on my back than on my side. Like, I feel like, I feel like the sides are, I feel like I'm breathing, I feel like I'm breathing odd. Britt, did we just discover something? I feel like I breathe odd, Britt. Yeah, you you may, you may. I feel like I don't breathe, uh, oh my God, we have just discovered something. I feel like I don't breathe when like I'm inhaling, I don't feel like my body is, is expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll share a little bit of a story with you about my own journey. Um, so when I started this work, there was so much noticing that had to happen and I was constantly pulling my belly button in towards my spine. Like I walked around and lived like that. And when you have your belly button pulled in towards your spine, you can't breathe very effectively. Um, you just can't. And so I could only take about one step while keeping my belly relaxed. And then I would notice my belly would pull in. And this was happening without my awareness. I I had to like tune into it. And then I would practice, okay, I'm going to stay relaxed for two steps. And then the belly would pull in. And so I had to retrain myself just how to be without my belly button pulled into my spine. And the thought that I had was, oh my gosh, I'm barely breathing. Like, how am I even alive? I'm barely breathing. (laughs) Um, So I I just share that because, yeah, you can kind of discover these like patterns that we have and these ways of holding that we just didn't really know about. Yeah. And I know I know you don't like specialize in trauma, but I I I feel within my body that I feel like that's where I I also feel. Yes, I've had chronic illness since birth. Yes. um, In Chinese medicine, they say like the spleen and the liver hold a lot of anger. And I was I was angry for quite some time at like just my birth story, my, you know, everything that has happened. I was quite angry. Um, I, I used to be angry, Britt, at, um, uh, I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago. I used to be angry that people that were telling me their chronic illness stories or uh, anybody that told me, you know, like, oh, um, I got diagnosed with like type 2 diabetes or whatever, right? I feel like everybody had a center of start, like their their 
point of start, like if I were to draw this map, it would be like, this is the start. And now this is what happened. This is why, you know, I have type two diabetes or this is why. Right. And I used to get so angry because I was like, I don't have that. Like it just like, this is just the, the choices that my biological parents made. Right. And it, it brung upon this, you know, life, these cards that I have of just these chronic symptoms. Right. Took a while to really take myself out of that victimhood and be like, no, you know what? Through all the tribulations, this is what I created through all these tribulations instead, right? And a much, a much more um, uh, whole world uh, uh, outlook on like, you know what? Um, this is these are the cards, and I'm gonna do what I can with these cards instead of like, oh my god, these are the cards that I got, right? And um, and this is this comes full circle into I wonder I wonder if that's why I also like just don't like ladies and gents we literally have just discovered I don't I don't think I breathe correctly. I feel like I don't breathe correctly and maybe that could be it. And another thing that I want to say too is a lot of people when they feel this chronic pain the first thing they do is take ibuprofen, Advil, right? All that stuff, right? And we end up very reliant on these pills. Right. And again, this is coming back to basics. Right. If we understand this very basic thing Brett, that you told us that yet yeah, it's mind blowing to me right now, it is mind blowing what we have just discovered in a whole 20 minutes. Like it is crazy. But I think this is these are the basics that we need to understand about our body and how it functions. So then we don't go and take all these pain pills. And so we don't, you know, get to the next from pain pills. I feel like. I feel like pain pills are like the the escape drug to like building a chronic illness, to be very honest. Um, I feel like pain pills are very hard on the liver. They're very hard on the gut. Um, if we take them for a long time, then we need to up the doses, right? And then uh, most uh, pain pills also uh, deplete us in magnesium, potassium, sodium, right? So now we need to take the, these other supplements or we need to really be conscious that we are having a potassium-rich uh, diet, right? It becomes this whole thing. Right. And then we have like missed periods and then, you know, now we have hormonal dysfunction. Right. Just like how, how I said at the beginning of this episode, like these things don't just come from the air. Right. Like we need to understand what our body does. This was really good. Oh, my God. OK. One last thing. One last thing. Um, <laughs> this is so good. Um, for anybody that is that has like a chronic illness and a chronic pain. Can you tell us maybe like two, three things that you would recommend for all of us and any of us, maybe some basic things that we can do, like this, like how you had me feel my rib cage. That was big. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it seems so small when you say it, but when you experience it, it's like, this is mind blowing stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Like um, I, was literally, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like what is happening and again like i i i want it for for the listener right now if you're listening to this i want you to rewind and listen to brit and listen to what she's saying and do the exercise if you didn't do it as we were doing it like just do it because if you are having knee pain i'm sure hip pain is also up there too because it's also a movement of the upper body and that can cause hip pain too ankle pain you know whatever but these pains are not normal. And that's an, another thing. I know I'm getting like off on a tangent, but pain is not normal. 
pain is not normal in whatever case it is. It's not normal. Um, there used to be uh, this sound uh, on Instagram. Actually, I did a reel. I don't know. It was like two years ago already. Um, it was one of my first reels that I posted. And it was uh, uh, this, the sound was someone going, ow, ow, ow. And someone else asking them, like, are you okay? And the other guy was like, oh, I'm just in a little bit of pain. That's normal, right? And the other person was like, no, no pain is normal, you know? And, and that was the whole thing, you know? But yeah, and that's, we need to understand these basics because we, it, we can't continue living in this world, especially in the direction that the world is heading in right now. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, let me just pop something. Let me like, you know, I feel like th there's an app for that. There's a pill for that. Like, what are we doing? Right. So people like you, people like me, we're, we're, we're going to stop that. We're going to turn the tables around. We're going to get to know the basics. We're going to learn how our rib cage is supposed to be. Right. We're going to do all the things. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about this work and why I connect so much with you is just because this is simple, simple stuff that you can learn to do. And it's such a game changer, like it can change your whole life. Um, yeah. So for tangibles, um, use your movement practice instead of doing it like something that you have to get done, something that you have to check off your to-do list. Um, use your, your movement practice as a way to connect and, and don't be afraid to do less. It's okay to do less in the beginning. You want to teach your body again that it's safe to move. So sometimes when we have chronic pain or chronic illness, moving can be really scary because we're worried that we're going to make our pain worse. And, and there's all kinds of advice that exists out there and do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Try these three things, don't do these three things. Like there's just so much information out there. So really learning to listen to your own inner wisdom and finding out like, is this right for me in this moment? And just asking yourself that over and over again. So do a little bit less so that you can connect with yourself and find out like, does my system like this? Is this supporting my system? Um, I have a question and then, about that. I have a yeah, question please about do. <laughs> Before <Yeah>. I forget, <laughs> neurodivergency. I, I have a question about that because I'm going to forget it if not. Um, so are you saying... Are you saying that taking walks versus runs from time to time is actually more ideal for your body, for your nervous system uh, to feel safe? Is that what you're saying? Because that actually will also lead to more sustainable movement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that you need to learn to recognize when it's time to push because there are going to be times to push um mm -hmm. and when it's time to ease ease off right and learning to get really really good at discerning what what is what for you um is going to be so beneficial and especially in the beginning like when i'm helping someone unwind their pain and get out of chronic pain so often we need to dial back the movement quite a bit at the beginning. 
we want to dial it back so that we can build safety, a sense of safety in their nervous system and in their body so that that builds their foundation. And then we go from there. So it's like once we've got some more stability, some more safety, some more ability to tune into the body, then we can really start to add in, you know, the fu- the fancy stuff. You know, chronic illness is uh, an overload of the nervous system not feeling safe. It's really a chronic illness. Yes. So this goes hand yes. in hand, right? Making that nervous system feel safe. Uh I've been for two days going to the gym walking for two days, just walking two and a half miles instead of running because right now I'm about to get my period um, and I believe in moving with my period. I believe in that. Um, I've seen so much benefits for me. Um, And also um, that's number one. And the second reason is because I'm so much more in tune with my body and it takes practice, right? Like we have discussed, it takes practice, but I'm so more in tune. And it came down to the fact that my value does not come from if I ran two and a half miles or if I walked two and a half miles, right? My value and who I am. And, you know, that still was a great workout. It still was a great workout because I moved my body. And what is the entire point of living and aging and, you know, aging gracefully and having kids and, you know, one day being a a grandma, right? Like, what's this entire point? Like, why are we on any healing journey? Why are we on a health journey? Why are we on a gut health journey? Why are we just trying to better our lives? Why? If we're just going to burn out at the end and then like never come back to the gym ever again and hate the treadmill and resent myself and resent my body, right? So really like that's what I've been doing for the past two days and it has been amazing. And today is a rest day on top of that. Today is a rest day. So my body is just, I don't know, today is like snowing and raining. So it could be because of that. It could be because uh, uh, today, actually today, super transparent, today's a really heavy call day, um, right? We're recording actually three podcasts today. Uh, We're doing a lot today, right? So I was like, what does my body need? Where does my energy need to go today? So then, right, because I I do believe there's a time and a place for everything, right? So today, I'm not going to push my body with movement. I'm going to do some light, uh, some light movement, maybe even some stretching today. I'm going to play with my kids as intentional movement instead, right? So do those things again, coming back to the basics. So thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. And then you had the second, the second thing you want to tell us. Sorry. (laughs) I keep interrupting. (laughs) okay I got, I got lost with this <laughs> I <laughs> what I'll say though is I love what you're doing in that you're factoring in your entire life into your decisions right you're not just saying well I'm gonna run today because I said I was gonna run today you're looking at like well actually like there's some impact on the weather I've got a big heavy like call load and this and this and this. And it's like that all factors into how we feel. And so often we think like when we go to do a workout, if we had a day where we felt really energized and we did a workout, um, we feel like the next day we need to do the exact same thing or more, which isn't the case, right? Every day is different. We're going to wake up feeling different. We've got different stuff going on. And that's all adding to like the load on our system and on our nervous system. So if we can factor that in, then we can be a little bit more compassionate with ourselves. We can rest without guilt. We can take the day off and we don't have to worry about it, right? 
Yep. 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 Absolutely. 1000%. You were mentioning compassion. I want everybody in the entire world. Okay. I'm going to sound super like Nazi. Okay. But I want everybody in the entire world to listen to the signs of compassion. This book was actually recommended to me by my therapist, and I actually recommend it to all my clients that ever work with me, whether one-on-one or lab, because it is so crucial that we understand that compassion is that rebound or that springboard that gets us through all these other things that life brings us. When we have compassion and comprehension of what's happening to our body, you know, why are we reacting the way that we're reacting, right? Same, my my mother-in-law, I don't know if you've heard this yet on my podcast, but my mother-in-law is like one of my best friends. Thank God. Not many people can say that. Thank God. And uh, she reminds me often that every day is the same. Or every day is not the same. Sorry. Every day is not the same. Stop expecting it to be the same. And she gave me this metaphor. And I want everybody to listen carefully. Okay. So lean in closer. Do what you got to do. Put the volume up. You have five fingers on one hand. Not one is the same. They all have something different about them. Different size, different wrinkles, different, right? And now we're all looking at our hands, right? And they are not the same. The nail is different, right? Maybe one nail is going this way. The other nail is going this way. Maybe like your index finger is a little twisted, maybe whatever, right? Why are we expecting our bodies to be the same every day? Why? This is wild to us, right? That like every day we should just keep going and going and going and going. No, if your fingers, and they all have, right? And, and, and this is the other side too, is that even if they're all different, they all have a very important duty to do to your survival, right? The thumb, that's what, that's what really differentiates between the, between the, the, the monkeys and adult and uh, humans, right? Is the thumb, right? The index finger, we can do more than uh, most animals, right? Middle finger, the ring finger, pinky, right? The pinky holds a lot of uh, balance for us, right? Even in our feet, right? So there's so much that happens in our body and we're, it's right here. It's right here in front of us, right? So I, I love what you said about that. So the science of, of compassion by Kelly, I can't pronounce her last name, Kelly McGonigal, Kelly, something like that. And then also just look at your fingers from time to time and remind yourself that no two days are the same. So stop, stop coming, stop waking up with that like, oh, and today is going to be the same as yesterday. That would be fantastic, to be honest. I would, my type A perfectionist mind would love that. I I would just, (laughs) you know, I would love that. I'd be like, great. Yesterday was so fabulous. That'd be wonderful. But on that same token, I think it's so beautiful that we get to be like, hey, you know what? Today's a rest day. I get to have a, a heavy call day because then now I get to connect with people, which yesterday I didn't really get to do that, right? I got to connect to myself, but too much self-talking sometimes keeps us in our head, right? So verbalizing and doing these kinds of things are releasing dopamine and all the good stuff, right? So again, these are basics. These are simple things, but shift that, right? Shift, shift your lens a little bit and be like, hey, I'm still valuable, even if today I'm resting, even if all I did today was walk, good, good for you. Like that's a basic in that you are becoming an elite in the basics and no one, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take away, you know, walking, doing the movement, nobody, 
right? So do that thing, right? So I, I absolutely love this. Any, any, any idea, uh, closing, uh, closing uh, statements or anything you want to tell us? Well, I, I love that reminder of looking at your hands. You've got your hands with you everywhere you go. What a beautiful way to just look at your hands and check in and just be like, oh yeah, today is not the same and it, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, if you are struggling with chronic pain and I just want you to know it's possible, it's possible to get out of pain. It it can feel so frustrating and it can feel like there, there's so much information coming at you. And I just, I want you to borrow my belief. If you don't quite have the belief that you can heal yet, borrow my belief, um, borrow Jetta's belief, because I know she's seen it happen and experienced it. So just, um, just know that it's possible and it's, it's simpler. It's not easy, but it's simpler than you think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what we live for is simplifying our lives at the end of the day, right? Uh, tell us, Britt, please, how people can find you, what you have going on, and how can people reach to you and be like, hey, Britt, I really like this episode. What can we do together? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. It's at Britt Wasef. I also have a website. It's BrittWasef.com. Feel free to slide into my DMs. I absolutely love connecting with people. So if you heard something here that you want to discuss more, come at me. I love I love hearing from people. For everybody that is listening, um, I met Britt through another networking community, and we immediately linked because she was she actually did a reel talking about um, like tapping on your chest. I think you were tapping on your chest and how to help some movement and some relieving some pain from that. And I actually did that reel, you know, because that's me, right? I mean, like just now in this. <laughs> We're recording this. I was like, let me try this. <laughs> right. Um, and I did it. And I just felt this immediate like, oh, like I, I, I wasn't even feeling anxious or anything. But sometimes we just need that reminder. And sometimes we're just like, oh, like, OK, cool. You know, I was a little bit tense. OK, thank you. Thank you, Britt. Um, and again, this all comes back to not developing a chronic illness or not developing chronic symptoms, uh, right? So um, you can find all the uh, links that Britt was talking about in the show notes. Please check them out and please reach out to her. I don't have anybody on this podcast that isn't a genius in what they do, truly. Britt is amazing. Go check out her content because this girl just spits out such amazing educational and truly uh, motivational uh, uh, reels and real. She's very real too. Um, so I love that. Britt, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank you for you for listening to all the, all the way to this episode. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Until then, rest but don't quit. <laughs>